0: Nehemiah chapter 4, the rest of it. Opposition to the rebuilding. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridicules the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jew is doing. Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, bent as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what they are building, even a fox climbing up on, would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, our Lord, for we are despised. Turn their insult back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuild the wall till all of its reach have its height, for the people worked with all their hearts. But when Sambalat, Tobia, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and other people of Ash- Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stay up trouble against it. But when we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat, to meet this threat, meanwhile the people in Judah said, "The strength, the strength of labourers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot re- rebuild the wall." Also, our enemies said, "Before they know, it, they, before they know it." or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put put an end to the the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families, with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the, to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is, a great, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your home. When our enemies heard that we are aware of their, of their plot and that God has frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our work. From that day, half of my men did the work, while others half other half are equipped with spears, shield, bows and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon on the other. And each Of the builders, wore his sword at his side as he worked, worked. but the men who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued to work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. At the time, I also said to the people, let every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so that that they can serve us as guards by night and as workers by day. Neither I nor my brothers, nor my, no my men, nor my guards, with me took off their off clothes. Each had his weapon, even when he went for water. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Okay, thank you, Neil. I invite um, Wendy up. Let's pray she leads us in a, a sermon. Father God, we just thank you for our sister, Wendy. Thank you for the preparation that she's put into this, for all that you're doing in her life, the way your spirit is moving. And so we pray that you just continue to anoint her. May she have your peace now. and May she have your courage as she delivers your word to us. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Um, Sorry? Keep going. I can move this one at the wedding. <laughs> um, Josh, could I please have the um, scripture kept up? So this morning um, we are facing opposition, and I'm sure that none of us really know about that, do we? <laughs> so here we are, four weeks in already. Review, renew, restore, and rebuild. This morning we are looking at chapter 4 and we are looking at facing the opposition and just how Nehemiah handled it all. And I wonder how you're feeling about the series so far. And I know we don't usually do this, but I just wondered if one or two people might just shout out one word, how they're getting on with this series so far. So don't all jump at once, but... a part to play yeah we all have a part to play what she said, what she said. <laughs> we all have a part to play in the war <laughs> okay that was a bit unfair of me <laughs> so far um, let's have a bit of a recap uh, what have we discovered already about Nehemiah Well, we know that he was compassionate, caring, he was organized, focused, diligent, and a roll-up-your-sleeves kind of guy, whose priority in life was to pray first, tackling any of life's problems. And if we have a peek look at uh, chapter one, we know that after Nehemiah had heard the bad news of the walls being down and in a bad state of disrepair in Jerusalem, he mourned He wept and he fasted, as well as praying for some of the people before making any decisions. In fact, in chapter 2, we read that four months had passed before he even spoke to the king about the situation. He hadn't been in a rush to dash off to do things in his own strength, but Nehemiah instead spent time being still before the Lord. He did all the right things in preparing for this enormous project that God designed for him to do. And yet, despite doing all the right things, there was still opposition ahead. Last week, uh, in Chapter 3, Helen reminded us that it was really important to work together. We saw when Helen gave us the illustration of the Lego with Mrs. White working with Colonel Mustard, and that could have been a total disaster. But when Mrs White and Mrs. Scarlett worked together, we saw a better outcome. I wonder which one you think you are. <laughs> Under Nehemiah's leadership, we did, however, manage to get he did manage to get people to work alongside each other, even though they didn't have the same skill sets and a lot of them were not remotely connected to the building trade. So here we are, chapter four. Um, and here in verses one to three, um, Nehemiah finds himself up against all kinds of problems. Sam Ballett and Tobiah, those uh, two names that we're beginning to hear regularly, uh, resorting to mocking the work being done, clearly to their detriment, as they didn't know or understand the power of God. <laughs> As we reach uh, verse 4, I'm asking myself, really, just who is this guy Nehemiah? I was like, come on, is a cupbearer to the king? He was living 800 miles or more away from this place. They say that a cupbearer not only tasted wine for the king, but that he was also a confidant to the king but we hear nothing of him having skills for the job he is undertaking regarding the building side of things. I guess who, we, who are we to question God on such matters? <laughs> Nehemiah was clearly called by God and that's encouraging to us today. It's obvious that some people are chosen or called to certain kinds of jobs because of the skill sets they have. Others of us, maybe not so much. We are called and then given the skills we need. I don't know if you agree with that, but it seems to work that way sometimes, doesn't it? Either way, it requires obedience and prayer, as we continually see in these chapters. In Jerusalem, Nehemiah was displaying strong leadership and organizational skills And great people skills, having rallied all kinds of people from different places to come and help him with the rebuilding. We know he made great sacrifices in leaving his comfortable lifestyle, but his priority was his obedience to God. In his prayers, he listened and talked to God. In verse 4, Nehemiah has once again once again to go to God in prayer. He didn't retaliate, as we might, or I might, (laughs) but instead poured out his heart with a very passionate prayer. And at the end of his prayer, he mentions the builders, saying that the enemy had thrown insults in their faces. His heart was not only to get the wall rebuilt, but also the well-being of all his workers. And I guess he knew, didn't he, that if he'd got his workers on his side, they would achieve a lot more. At times, we can do all the right things, but we are not going to avoid things going wrong. And on occasion, we will come up against all kinds of opposition. And dare I say, on occasion, we might find ourselves questioning Did we even hear from God? Nehemiah was confident in what lay ahead as he had received a vision from God about what to do. He prayed fervently about every step. The outcome was he got the help and the support he needed from the king. In the relatively short time that Tim has been with us, just like Nehemiah, he has faced his fair share of problems. He was only just starting to get to know us when the pandemic struck. And I don't need to remind you all just how hard those days were for us all. Tim, of course, bore a great weight as our leader and had to make many difficult decisions during that time. And last year, the day came when we heard the news that Tim and Amanda had given birth to a beautiful little girl. But this also would come with some heartache, which needed some time to adjust to. Tim then went off on to have a difficult few months with his health and needing work to take... Sorry. (laughs) Tim went on to have a difficult few months, he did. (laughs) His health needing to take some time... I don't know if I've written that right. Anyway, he needed some time off to recover. (laughs) Short short version. Um, Not to make light of it, just as Nehemiah could carry on the work because he knew that he was carrying out the will of God, so it was for Tim. He had been in no doubt that Christchurch was the place he would start his ministry. There were times when he wondered what on earth God was doing, but thankfully... Tim had people around him to help and to pray, especially when he couldn't. And they walked closely during that part of the journey with him. And those people are still there today. Tim told us there were times when his faith was weak, but God held on to him. And then came a day when out walking, he found God again. Notice how he found God again. As we know, God was there all the time providing for him. And when for a brief time he had no sense of God being with him, do you sometimes forget that God is always there? <clears throat> Whether we have a sense of it or not, I'm sure that we can all identify with Tim and Nehemiah's workers in the, and the difficulties they faced. I don't know if you would agree, but sometimes we can go through one difficult situation in our life only to find there is the next thing waiting around the corner. That's just how life is sometimes, isn't it? God never gives us or allows us to go through more than we can cope with. During these times, I think God does a work in us and we become much stronger because of it. If we go to, um, I'm not going to look it up now, but if we go to, um, went to Ephesians chapter 6, um, the first nine verses are a bit of a blueprint. Um, I would encourage you to read it at some point. Um, kind of gives us some more instructions on how to live well. Um, but later on in Ephesians 6, um, as everybody knows, more or less, I would think about the armour of God. It goes on to tell us about each piece of the armour that we should wear. Like, for instance, the belt of truth, reminding us we must always walk in truth. I often forget to do this, but when I do, it often amazes me how much better my day goes. It comes back, I guess, to preparation, doesn't it? The enemy is always waiting. In fact, he is relentless. One piece of the armour is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Without the word of God, we live weakened lives. There is so much to learn about how we should live our lives. It also talks of things that are harmful to us. So without reading our Bible, we can wander into things that as Christians... Should ...steer clear of. Some things can be very harmful to us. When we stop reading God's word, I think we have a tendency to start bending the rules. And part of um, my reason for really thinking that is that, you know, we don't have that greater memory. We might think we do, but we don't. So you kind of remember perhaps bits of scripture, but actually they may well be wrong, and so we do, or we have the essence of it, but we don't completely have it right. Alongside reading God's word, verse 18, tells us we are to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Notice it says, all the Lord's people. We are all important to the Lord and he wants us to look after each other. And so back in verse 6 of Nehemiah, the wall at this stage has reached half its height. The people had worked with all their heart. That's just totally amazing or what. (laughs) They could have only been three, three or four weeks in at this stage. And um, you know, when we set out to read this, you kind of forget that actually this was a short-term project, really, 50-odd days till it was complete, and amazing things were happening. Constant problems, and yet the will of God could not be thwarted. We may experience the work of the enemy against us, but God's will is God's will. Recently, I was faced with a dilemma, and I confess. I didn't really pray that much about a decision I was making. And certainly I didn't really wait to hear God's thoughts on the matter. I tried to make a right turn and God completely shocked me by saying no. No, so this is me <laughs> but I made up my mind. <laughs> but of course, as I thought it through And as I started to write this, my response at this stage was to say the jury is still out, but actually God spoke to my heart and asked me, do you want to do the right thing? Yeah, of course I do. So for now, I think the answer is to go straight on and not take that right turn. Whereas a member of my extended family for months and months faithfully sought the Lord over a very grave matter, a situation that, humanly humanly speaking, totally out of their hands, the situation was looking dire, and we all knew that everything that could be done had been done. They had rallied the support of other Christians, so a lot of prayer. But all was lost unless God stepped in. It was a really grim time. To say the opposition was fierce was an understatement. But God came through and he won the day and he had the victory. God is our overcomer. The battle belongs to him and we just have to be faithful. You know, sometimes I think we're quite surprised, aren't we, when God comes through in those ways? But I—I I had this picture the other day um, of a lion, and it was sort of you know like Aslan, the lion. But you know, if you think in terms of that, when God is fighting for you against the enemy, it's a picture, isn't it? So in verse 6, the wall had now reached half its height and the gaps were closing. The plan was coming together. A sweet day for Nehemiah. Or was it? The enemy was at it again, plotting and planning to come against Jerusalem, threatening all sorts. The workers had become fearful and their strength was giving out. They started to complain bitterly and Nehemiah again turns to prayer then he posted a a guard or a watchman day and night and this is where our intercessors are vital to the work of God in the spirit is important that we have people that watch and pray up on the wall hearing from God sometimes on our behalf Nehemiah continues to take their concern seriously encourages them by putting more protection in place and then reminding them in verse 14 don't be afraid of them remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families for your sons and your daughters and your homes and when the enemies heard that the people were aware of their plot and more importantly that God had frustrated it the people were able to return now to the wall and to each, of the, to turn to the wall, and each to their own portion, now with swords and spears and bows. Notice how Nehemiah had to keep adjusting, how he had to keep dealing with the concerns of the workers and stepping up the level of protection, and yet at no point do we see him buckle and say, let's give up, it's too hard to carry on. Some of the workers, on the other hand, were losing faith and their focus, giving in to fear. Fair enough. I think God chose a very eclectic bunch of people to work together, and although some of them were neighbors, they were not necessarily living there at the time. They may not have even known each other. Nehemiah knew the work was not only extensive, but the people were very spread out. He gave his instruction that the trumpet... When the trumpet sounded, they had to join him there. Basically, they were to regroup. With the fierce opposition that they were facing, Nehemiah understood the need to gather them together from time to time. He set it up as a communi- communication system to help people cope better. Being at church regularly is important. Some must do this remotely And God understands that you need to do that. But we do need to come together often. When the vision of Christ church is in place, we may have to change our plans from time to time. But the goal will still be in place. But at times we just may need to go about it a different way. But in Psalm 46 and verse 1 it says, He is our fortress, our strong help in times of trouble. So, <clears throat> it's coming to a close. <clears throat> what have I been trying to say? We will always have problems, but we must stay obedient to God and not jump ship just because things get difficult. Just as people have had given Nehemiah just as the people had been given Nehemiah to lead them, so we have a leader who is dedicated to God and committed to carrying out his calling here at Christchurch. We know that people are important to him and he will always find time when we need to talk to him. He is also committed to getting people into the right position to carry out God's vision. It's important that we work together together, it won't always be easy, but we still must do it. I read a saying recently, you know, the saying that says, no man is an island. And the narrator of Dr. Doolittle <laughs> at the end said, you never really succeed unless you are helping others. Meeting with others to pray and walk Life's journey is vital. We have an enemy that is relentless and our struggles, as we know, are not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and authorities of this dark world. So always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Fear, jealousy, anxiety, doubt and more can really affect people in different ways we must listen as well as speak to God and we must persevere in reading God's word. Lastly, we don't have to walk around with weapons to carry out God's work, but we do need to stay alert and think about the words in Ephesians chapter 6. And just remember, at the end of each day, we are all still very precious to God. Amen.